0: I got a feeling I have a lot to say. So <laughs> uh, I want to say hi to those of you that are watching online. We're excited that you're here. Um, I want to talk to you just for a moment about next steps. If you are a part of our church and you have never been through what we call next steps, it's an opportunity where we we share the vision of the church with you, uh, why we do what we do, why why everything is going on that's going on. Uh, we help you discover what God has gifted you to do uniquely because we all have something that God has gifted us to do, something we're passionate about, some some gifting and talent inside of us. And so we want to help you discover that, and then we want to help you deploy that. We want to help you put that into practice through serving and making an impact in people's lives, and that's what Next Steps helps us do. And so if you want to be a part of that and you've never been through Next Steps, or even if you're just curious, you know, what, is, what does this church believe? What is the vision? What's going on here? You know, just come to Next Steps and allow us to, to speak that into you and let you know why we do what we do and the vision behind everything that we do as a church. And the reason I'm talking about that today is because we begin another uh, season of Next Steps next Sunday night. So we have next Sunday night where we usually do it back to back Sundays, but we're going to skip the 13th because it's Mother's Day. Uh, So everybody's going to be with family and doing things like that. So we'll begin step one uh, will be next Sunday, and then we'll come back on the 20th for the next step of that. And so mark your calendars. I I encourage you. It's only an hour, hour and a half tops. We're real respectful of your time on a Sunday night. But it's a great opportunity for us to invite you into our home and be able to share with you why we do what we do and why Impact Church is here and how you can be a part of making an impact in this community and in the lives of other people. Amen. So I want to make mention of that. And today I want to preach a message uh, that I know I need. And I believe there's a reason why it's it's on my heart. And I think it's because there are a lot of us in this room that need this also. Because I don't know what you came in with. And, and it's funny. It's interesting to me. We're going to read. We're going to get into the word here in just a moment. But last night I was up and, you know, on the Bible app, the when it hits 12 o'clock, there's a new verse of the day, right? So I'm sitting there, and I'm reading, and we're about to go to bed, and I know you're thinking, well, he's up really late, but it was just, you know, that's just our Saturday night thing, I guess. I don't know. We get, don't get a lot of sleep before coming here to church on Sunday. But it rolled over, and the verse that Courtney shared uh, from the platform today in Matthew 11 is 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 a part of what I'm sharing with you today. And I thought when I read that last night, I thought, okay, Apparently, this is the right time and the right moment to share what you've given me to share. And so I'm telling you, I want you, I'm encouraging you to lean in and be a part of what's going on today. And I believe that God's going to do something in your heart. And so for just a few moments, I want to talk to you on this subject. Everybody say it with me. It should be on the screen. Everybody say, just come. Come on, say it like you mean it. Just come. I want to talk to you on the topic just come just come and as we get started i want us to look together at Matthew chapter 11 this is something that Matthew wrote down but it's something that Jesus said and i want to start in verse 25 and you can follow along on the screen behind me it says at that time Jesus prayed this prayer O oh father lord of heaven and earth thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike now before We're going to read about four more verses, but before we go on, here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want us all to just pretend like we don't know nothing this morning. And here's the reason why. Jesus prays this prayer and he says, I thank you that you've hidden these from the know-it-alls and you've revealed it to the people who are like children. So God has something he wants to reveal to you today and do in you, but you can't receive it if you know everything. Can I get a better amen? We got to come in here and act like we you're sitting in your seat. You got to act like, I don't know. I've never read this story before. I don't know what's about to happen. I don't know what God's about to do. I'm just going to pretend like I don't know anything so that I can receive what God wants to do in me. So verse, verse 26, yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me. No one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. Here's our verse. Then Jesus said, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, And the burden I give you is light. Anybody ever felt like the burden that you had on you was not light? It was anything but light. It was unbearable. It was something that you don't even know how you're going to accomplish it, how you're going to do it. And what I'm hoping to do today, just in case you have to step out early, which I don't want you to, but what I'm hoping to do today is give you a new perspective on these verses and what Jesus is inviting you to do what jesus is inviting us to do because in these six verses that we just read we see that jesus is providing an invitation he's providing an invitation for us to just come just come and and he gives us the prerequisite for those who can just come so in the verse he says here's what i want you to do just come just come just come and here's the prerequisite here's here's the qualifications for somebody who can just come to Jesus. Weary? Heavy burden? Are you exhausted? Are you tired of the roller coaster in your life? Are you tired of the, the high moments and then the low moments? I think everything's going good and then it's like the rug is pulled out from underneath me. I'm tired of, of the ups And I'm tired of the downs, and I don't really know where to go, and I don't really know what to do. I just know that I'm weary, and I'm tired, and I don't feel like the burden that I'm carrying is very light right now. See, this is the qualification, these are the prerequisites that Jesus says hey, if you're feeling like this, here's my invitation to you. You can just come. You can just come if you're tired, if you're weary. If you're frustrated with life sometimes, if you fall into these categories, Jesus extends an invitation for you to just come. Now, there's another verse in the Bible. In fact, it's toward the very, very, very end of the Bible. And it's in Revelation 22, verse 17. And it says this, The spirit and the bride say, Come. Let anyone who hears this say, Come. Let anyone who is thirsty, Come. Let anyone who desires drink freely from the water of life. In this, basically what I'm trying to get across to you right now before we dive into everywhere that we're going today, is that Jesus extends an invitation for you to just come. And then he says, if you hear me saying that it's okay for you to just come, then you need to be an echoer to other people. You need to be echoing that Jesus says, just come. He he says the spirit and the bride say come let anyone who hears this say come let anyone who let anyone who knows that Jesus has given this invitation echo this to everybody around them that Jesus says hey all you have to do is just come all you have to do is just come just come and we see this at the very end of the Bible, the very end of this book, that God's major theme announcement to the world is just come. And I believe this is why the church should have a just come spirit. I'll try this side. (laughs) I believe this is why the church should have a just come spirit. (laughs) Because Jesus says just come. And if you know that I'm telling people to just come, you better just be telling people to just come. We need to have a just come spirit. Are you thirsty? (laughs) Just come. I don't care what you look like. Just come. I don't care where you've been at. Just come. I don't care what you did. Just come. Are you tired because of the choices that you made or the choices of other people? It doesn't even really matter. (laughs) Just come. What are you going through right now? Just come. Do you have a burden on your shoulders because of some decisions that you can't get out of? Just come. Do you have a burden on your shoulders because of other people's decisions? Just come. Are you failing? Just come. Do you get it right all the time? Just come. Have you been out of church for the last 10 years and you don't even know if you belong here? Just come. Can you Do you get what I'm saying? Jesus says, I'm only five minutes in. I'm already yelling. Y'all Got to calm down. I didn't even got to the first point (laughs) Jesus says just come just come what are you going through just come what do you feel like just come whatever you've been through wherever you've been at just come now here's the temptation when we read this a lot of times if you're like me before just kind of getting this revelation of this these verses is we think a lot of times the temptation is first to think that Jesus is extending this invitation to lost people. That Jesus is saying, "Hey, if you're far from God, just come. If you don't know Jesus yet, just come. If, if if you're lost and you haven't you haven't found your way yet, just come." And while I believe that is part of what Jesus is saying, I believe the invitation is for everybody. I don't believe that the invitation is just for well. If you're a believer, you can't just come. Well, if you already if you already know Jesus, you have a relationship with Jesus, well you can't you can't just come. It's only for the people that are far from God, that are lost, no. I think it's for those people, but I also think it's for all the people that already know Jesus and have a relationship with him, but are feeling weary and feeling tired and don't know where to go in the next step of your life and Jesus says, "Just come." Just come. It's for anybody. Jesus is simply saying, I want people to just come. And sometimes there's just a heaviness on our lives, maybe because of what we've done or because of what someone else has done to us. And here's the main thing that I want to get across this morning before we get into uh, the three points that I want to give you. And it's this right here. You can write this down because this is so good. The cross was never meant to keep people out but to let people in. The cross, Jesus going to the cross, was never meant to exclude people. It was meant to let people in. (laughs) I don't know if you are with me just yet. The cross was never meant to keep people out. It was always, always meant to let people in. Let more people in. Just come. (laughs) Let more people in. Jesus says, just let them all in. Just anybody who needs me, anybody who needs me, just come. Sometimes we have this mentality that there are some things that we have to do to get to Jesus. Come on, you ever been there? Maybe you're there right now. And you were fighting with, you don't even know if you can show up to church today because of what just happened. Because we think a lot of times we have this misconception that there are some things we have to do before we can get to Jesus. And some people see the cross, maybe not intentionally, but some people see the cross as a no trespassing zone. (laughs) Like when you see the cross, it's like, well, I can't go into there. I can't really get to Jesus because of what's going on in my life. But I'm here to tell you, you know, here's, here's what we do a lot of times. Speaking of this no trespassing symbol. We, we say things like, well, you can't come in here until you get right. Well, I can't, let's flip it around. Well, I can't I can't go to church yet until I get right. Because if you knew what I did last night, then you would want me at church. And that's not what Jesus says. <laughs> but see, we, we see it that way at times. Well, you can't get in here until you know a couple verses. You know what? You can come to well I can't like I don't I haven't read my bible in like 6 months and I don't really know any verses by heart you know I just have to go back and read them again so I don't really know if I can come to church or if I can get to Jesus because I don't know a couple verses. And that's not what that's not what Jesus says. But we view it, don't we? You ever thought about it like this? We view it this way a lot of times. Think about before you came to Jesus. Or maybe you're here today and you haven't even you haven't given your life to Jesus and you're just checking it out and you're not sure if this is even what you want to do. And a lot of times we think this, that the cross that Jesus died on for you and me is a no trespassing symbol, that if we don't know a couple verses or if we don't get our life together, then we can't come into the church and we can't get to Jesus until we fix some things in our lives. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus says, just come. Just come. You got a pain pill addiction? Just come. You had an abortion? Just come. You got some issues in your marriage? Just come. You done some things that you wish you could take back? Just come. Check this out. You hung over from last night? Just come. You don't think you can walk into church because you were drinking last night or you did something that you knew you shouldn't be doing or whatever and you feel guilty? Just come. The cross cross was never meant to keep people out. We don't put a cross up and say, hey, if you did this last night, you can't come in. And nobody should ever feel like, this is why we have to echo what Jesus said to the people around us. Because people are already, can I tell you, people already know what's wrong with their life. They already know what's going on in their life. They don't need somebody else telling them what's going on in their life. They need somebody that will just show them Jesus and say, hey, Jesus says just come. It doesn't matter what you've been doing. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter where you came from. Just come. Just come. The cross was never meant to keep people out. It was always meant to let people and jesus says let me worry about the work let me worry about and work out the other stuff in your life you just need to come you just come don't worry about getting everything fixed don't worry about stopping this before you get here don't worry about what you did this last week don't worry about what you've been struggling with for six months don't worry about any of that stuff you just need to come i love this because it means that god has something for us and there's no barrier that's supposed to keep us away there's no barrier that's supposed to keep us away because God's love, come on, we just sing about the reckless love of God, the reckless love of God that leaves, every, that leaves everything else to come find one person that needs Jesus, one person, and we've said it before, but aren't you glad because it was at some point, you were the one person, and Jesus found you right where you are. You were the one person, and Jesus is... His love is it's relentless. It's always chasing you. It's it's unconditional. Like you can't even I cannot even explain to you on this stage what the love of God is like. But here's what I want to try to do. I want to for the rest of our time together, I want to talk to you about three things that I believe God's love invites. That God's love invites. We're talking about just come. And there are more things than just 3. But I want to deal with three things today that I believe will hit us all somewhere, and we can find ourselves in one of these three things. So here's the first thing. His love invites our sin. His love invites our sin. Now, some of you in the room, as soon as you hear that, you check out. And I would venture to say, you're exactly who I need to be talking to right now. If you say, you hear that or you read that or you write that down, His love invites our sin. Oh, you know, okay, well, that, you know, I've already given my life. To Jesus, I know he already took my sin and I would, I would venture to say that you need to be listening more than the person next to you with what I'm about to tell you because his love invites our sin when we read these verses about those who are weary and heavy burden, we assume that God is talking to lost people but I want to talk to Christians for a moment I want to talk to the people who know God I want to talk to the people who 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 have sin but want to pretend like they don't. <laughs> y- y'all didn't know. Y'all didn't know what y'all came to church for today. <laughs> I want to talk to the people who are who are faking it. <laughs> I want to deal with the people who have thoughts that they don't want anybody else sitting around them to even know right now. That's who I want to talk to. I want to talk to the people who want to do the right thing, but always still end up doing the wrong thing. And Paul even said this, I always do what I don't want to do, and I never can pull off what I always want to do. I want to talk to that person. I want to talk to that person. I want to deal with that today. You see, Here's what I think. I think that there are many Christians who are not living to their full potential because they feel like they can no longer bring their sin to God. They feel like there's there this doesn't this doesn't apply to me anymore. And I want to talk about that. I don't know about you, but when I gave my life to Jesus, it was because I came to the realization that God loved me. And check this out. Not the pastor start a church, reach people for Jesus version. Are you hearing me? <laughs> When you come to Jesus, it's this realization that God loves me, God that God loved me when it was the lying, cheating, living with addiction version. That's that's the God that we serve. And we disqualify ourselves a lot of times because, well, I'm I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. Awesome. His love still invites your sin. Because nobody in this room is perfect. If you are, I'd like to meet you. Nobody, nobody in this room is perfect. We're not perfect. And here's what I find interesting in my own life. And maybe you can see yourself here also. Because when you realize that, you know what, God loved me for me before I was ever this version. Before I ever gave my life to him, he still loved me. And here's what I find interesting in my life, that one year later, five years later, ten years later, when I mess up or do something that I know I shouldn't have done, and you regret it or you feel guilty about it or whatever, I have a tendency to believe in that moment that God cannot use me. You ever felt that way? Trying to live for God, something happens, you mess up. And in that moment, you feel like, you know what? God can't use me. And in comes all this condemnation and all this stuff. And here's here's the thing. I feel like God can no longer take my sin, and I feel condemned for something I'm not supposed to do because the enemy will shout really loud to make me believe that God cannot use me in a moment of failure. Maybe I'm the only one. The enemy, you ever... You ever experienced that? You you walk into something or you do something or whatever, and you know you look back, and you're like, man, I shouldn't have done that. I know I shouldn't have done that. I made a, a decision to do that, and I shouldn't have been shouldn't have done that. And and you mess up, you screw up, and then the enemy shouts in your ear as loud as he can that God can't use you, and you've messed it all up, and well, you're gonna have to do it over again, and well, you're gonna have to fix this and all this stuff. And that's not what Jesus says. And that's not what Jesus says. But the enemy wants to shout. Loud, And there are some of us in the room who have been living at a lower level than what God intends for you to live Because we think that God forgave me back then, but he can't forgive me now That God forgave me back then, but when I mess up, it's just, oh, oh, I messed up again I messed up again I screwed up again And we feel condemned, and we feel guilty, and we feel all of these emotions And we feel like God cannot take It's like God took our sin And while I believe that God takes our sin Past, present, and future And that he's forgiven us For the things we've already done The things that we are in right now And the things that we'll even do in the future We struggle with this concept That God does that And when we mess up Or we screw up We backpedal And we take three steps back And we allow the enemy to start whispering Or yelling in our ear That we're not good enough We're not good enough. I'm here to tell somebody today that Jesus continually shouts while the enemy is shouting at you for what you've done. Jesus continually shouts at you saying, just come. Just come. I don't care what you did. Just come. I don't care where you came from. Just come. It doesn't matter how you're feeling. It doesn't matter if it was your choice or if it was something that somebody else did to you. It doesn't really even matter. Just come. Are you tired? Are you weary? Just come. See, God's not keeping record or keeping score. When he forgives, he forgets. The enemy brings it back up. But God says, you know what? Whenever I forgive you and you give it to me, I remember it no more. But the enemy will bring it back up to you. And we'll bring it back up. We'll bring it back up. Well, maybe I was, you know, I thought I was over that. Maybe I'm not over that. Well, when God is not surprised when you come to him with whatever you've done. It does not shock God when you just come. Because the invitation is to just come, not to fix it, to just come and allow him to do what he needs to do in you. Some of us, some of us in this room aren't serving because we don't think that God will forgive us this time. And you don't feel like you can play, well, I can't even teach the kids because of what I'm going through. Well, I can't, well, I can't greet people at the door because of what I'm going through. Well, I can't lead a group. I can't be in community with people because of what I'm going through. And Jesus says, just come. Just come. The devil is a liar. And I know that you should have known better. I get it. You know in your mind, you know in your head that you shouldn't have done it. You know that it wasn't the right decision to make. You know that you shouldn't have been there, and you shouldn't have done that, and you shouldn't have gone there, and you shouldn't have been with them, and you shouldn't have done whatever you did or whatever you're going through right now. You know it's it's not right. I get it. But at the same time, Jesus says, are you tired? Are you weary? Do you feel like you're carrying a heavy burden? Then just come. Then just come. Stop trying to fix it. And just come. Just come to Jesus and let him take care of it. Just come. His love invites our sin. Here's number two. You write this down. His love invites our shame. See, because some of us aren't struggling with the sin thing, we're struggling with the shame thing. We're not, you can't find yourself, well, I'm not really, you know, I'm, I'm living for God. I'm not really struggling with the sin thing anymore, but I'm struggling with the shame thing now. Some of you are in that place. And shame is the side effects of what happens after sin. And here's what happens with shame. Come on, and I know you've been there. I've been there. Here's what happens with shame. Well, I can't lift my hands in worship. Because I have shame. I can't, I can't I can't read my Bible. Or really, God doesn't hear me whenever I pray or whenever I try to talk to him because I've got shame. We can't live out our God-given purpose because we have shame. And some people, it's something that happened when you were a teenager. And now you have shame as a grown adult because of what happened when you were a teenager. And you're struggling with the shame thing. I can't serve in that area because of what I did back then. I can't be a part of that because of what I went through as a kid. I can't I can't come to church today because because of what I did three days ago. And we're struggling with the shame thing. The shame thing. Some of us, we have that thing that we did that no one knows about, and we're taking it to the grave. And every once in a while, the enemy says, remember that? And you make the decision. You know what? I'm gonna start living for God. Remember that? Well, I'm gonna start. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get on a team. I'm gonna start serving. Remember that? You remember that thing? That's what the enemy does. Well, I'm gonna get I'm gonna I'm gonna get serious about my relationship with God. I'm gonna start. You remember that? Oh yeah. Okay. Maybe another time. That's what the enemy does. You know I'm telling you the truth. And some of you sitting in this room, you've been, you've been feeling like God's been telling you to do something. And you haven't done it yet. Because every time you think you get the courage to do it, the enemy says, you remember that? You remember that thing? You remember what you did? Remember what happened to you? You know the thing that nobody knows about? You can tell anybody about? You remember that? You can't You can't serve. You remember that? Some of us were doing great things for God. And then we made a mistake. And all of a sudden we got this shame thing. And here's the best way I know how to explain it. It's like you know how to function. But it's like you're functioning with a piano on your back. You you know how to function. You figured out how to do life and how to get around and how to make things happen but the whole time you're carrying this piano on your back and you really can't you really can't lift your head up the way that you want to because of this thing that's on your back and you really can't do everything that god is telling you to do because of the thing that's on your back and you figured out how to you figured out how to fake it and you figured out how to function through it but it's like you're carrying this piano around on your back and it's heavy And you can't really do what God has called you to do or live the life that God wants for you because you're walking around with the shame thing. And if you're really honest, this shame thing has gotten way too heavy on your back. But the last time I checked, when Jesus got on the cross, he took all the sin and all the shame. Last time I checked, and you might check it out for yourself, but the last time I checked, when Jesus got on the cross and gave his life for you, he took all the sin and the shame. So the only one who's bringing up the shame thing is the devil. And the devil is a liar. So I don't know what you're I don't know what you feel shame about today but the devil's a liar. And when Jesus died for you, he took all the sin and he took all the shame. It's a shame thing. I did this. I knew I wasn't supposed to. I I had the abortion. i I looked at that. I had sex outside of marriage. I've been hiding that thing, and I try to hide it when I come to church and people ask me, Well, how are you doing? And I smile, and well I'm just blessed and highly favored. but when I, but when I leave, but when I leave, I don't feel favored. I feel failure. And here's what you need to know, and you need this is so good. you need to write this down. That God cannot fix what you fake. God cannot fix what you fake. So you can keep on faking, but God can't fix it. You can keep on faking. You can keep on, well, I'm just blessed. Well, I'm just blessed. But then when you leave, you remember that? Well, I thought I was going to lift my hands and worship. Well, I had made up my mind before I left the house today. I was going to lift my hands and worship today. And I got in here, I got in the building, and I couldn't do it because the enemy kept on reminding me of the shame thing. The shame thing. But God cannot fix what we fake. And maybe you have the shame thing and it's heavy. And you know in your head that you're forgiven but you can't move because you're paralyzed by shame. You believe that God forgave you. But you feel like you can't move or you can't do anything because you're paralyzed by the shame. And shame is what keeps people from church and shame is what keeps people from God and I got to hurry but and it's not it's not because I really believe this. It's not because we don't want to it's not because we don't want to come to God. It's not because we don't want to come to church. It's because we don't feel like we can. If you're living with the shame thing, you don't feel like you can. You don't feel like you can lift your hands. Well, I can't lift my hands because of what I'm what, what I'm dealing with. Well, I can't go to church because of what I'm dealing with. Well, I can't come to God because of what I'm dealing with. And you're walking in this shame thing, and it's a lie. It's a lie. God has not changed his mind about you. So Jesus invites our sin, he invites our shame, and here's the third thing, his love invites our sorrow. His love invites our sin, his love invites our shame, and his love invites our sorrow. And some of us are heavy, but it's not because of sin. And some of us are heavy and weary, and it's not because of shame some of us in the room are tired and weary because of sorrow because something that happened sometimes it's sorrow well i didn't expect my spouse to die well i i raised my kids better and i remember when they used to recite the verses and we'd be leaving church And they'd be talking about what they learned. And then when they grew up, they went a different direction. And I didn't think, I I, I didn't know, I didn't know that was going to happen. I thought I was doing a good job. And I can really, if that's you in this room, I can relate, man. I was raised in church. I was at church all the time. Knew about God. But ran the opposite direction. Decided that I wanted to just do whatever I wanted to do. And that God really wasn't that important. And I just, I didn't know, I didn't know that that was going to happen. I didn't know. I think about when we lost our first baby, there was sorrow. Because we didn't didn't expect to miscarry. We didn't expect it. We didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't know I was going to have to. Bury my child. And we prayed for healing. And cancer won. We believed. We believed that it was going to happen. And it didn't happen. We thought it was going to turn out this way. And it didn't turn out that way. We'll go ahead and bring the worship team back up. Some of us are battling sorrow. I didn't know that my marriage would come to this. When I gave my life to Jesus, I thought that things would get easier. I didn't expect things to get worse. I didn't expect things to get harder when I gave my life to Jesus. And some of you are there right now. I've been, I've been waiting for God to send me someone to marry, but how long is it going to take I've been trying to be faithful, but how long is it going to take? Why are things not turning out the way that I thought and I was believing that they were going to turn out? Where I'm a grown man and I still want my dad to call me, and he never picks up the phone to tell me that I matter. You see, some of, some of us are not, some of us are not necessarily dealing with sin, and you may not be dealing with shame. Maybe it's sorrow, and you feel paralyzed in the place that you're in because of what happened to you, the tragic thing that happened to you, the thing that happened that you didn't expect or that you were believing for, and it didn't turn out the way you wanted to and I think about when Jesus was on the cross and he looks out and he sees his mom and can you just can we just put ourselves in her shoes for a moment that this is this is this is your son that you've raised for 33 years that you've watched you all these incredible things and I'm sure she was probably thinking back she was remembering man I remember when Jesus first took it he took his first steps I remember when he I remember when he 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 built that table that we still eat at. I remember the first time that he preached. And I was there. And it was like this thing I ne- I never heard anybody preach that way. I remember all these I remember all these things and now in this moment I'm watching my son die on a cross. And I don't know what's next. I don't know what's next it's like my life is over 33 years and now it feels like my life is over and I believe that some of you are there right now and you're wondering what's going to happen next you're wondering when like God when when is it going to happen I'm believing for it I feel like I'm losing. I tell people that I feel like I'm blessed, but I feel like I'm failing all the time. And when is it going to turn around? But here's here's the good news. As Jesus is looking out at, at his mother and all these people that are there, and we can imagine what she's feeling and what they're feeling, and they feel like their life is over, Jesus knew something that they didn't know. Jesus knew something that they didn't know. He knew that there were three days later, they were going to come to a tomb, and he wasn't going to be there. So they're down here thinking, I don't know what, I don't, I don't know what's next. We've been following this guy for the last three years, and we've seen him do all these incredible things, and now he's hanging on a cross and he's dying, and we don't even know what we're going back to. I guess we're just gonna go back to what we knew before this, and it feels like everything that we've lived for is crumbling down around us. But Jesus knew something they didn't know. Jesus knew, come on, will you stand to your feet? Jesus knew that in three days. They're going to go to a tomb expecting to find me, but I'm not going to be there. And can I tell you today that I don't know when your breakthrough is coming. And I don't know when your marriage is going to take a turn for the better. And I don't know when your kids are going to come back to Jesus because you raised them right and they've gone their own way. I don't know whenever your thing is going to take place. Or whenever God's going to come through in the area that you need Him to come through for. But what I do know is that He's working behind the stone. And even though you can't see it, He's still doing something on your behalf. Even though you don't see it. You don't feel it. Come on, let's just get real. And you're even starting to doubt if it's going to happen. Jesus knows something you don't know. And when you don't know what's next and you don't know what's coming, and you're believing but it feels like you're losing or you're failing, Jesus knows something that you don't know. And His invitation, His invitation is to just come. Just come. you feel like just come just come so here's what I want to do and we're going to sing one song and I know I'm over my time and that clock said zero for a long time and so we got to hurry but Jesus says just come and so here's my invitation to you today if you're tired and if you're worn out If you're struggling, you're dealing with the sin thing, or maybe you're dealing with the shame thing, or you're dealing with sorrow, I'm going to invite you to do this, and we're going to pray together. But if you find yourself in one of those areas, and you say, you know what, today, today I can't fake it anymore, and God can't fix what I fake, and so I'm giving it to Him Today And I'm going to let him do what he needs to do in that life. So if, if, if that's you, here's what I want you to do. I want you to just lift both hands in the air right now. God, I'm tired of faking it. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to take place. I can't see beyond what I'm going through right now. But right now, in the name of Jesus, come on, with hands raised all over this building, God, we say that we we will not fake it anymore. And we give it to you today. We give our sin to you. We give our shame to you. We give our sorrow to you. God, we say there are some of us in this room that say we are tired and worn out and we don't know what to do from this point forward so today we just lay it at your feet and we leave it there and all you want from us is for us to just come to just come just come I want to invite the prayer team to come down today just come we're going to sing this song one more time we're going to sing this last song and I'm encouraging you if you need prayer For anything if you're tired you're worn out you need somebody to just encourage you believe with you pray for you you don't even know what to pray and you need somebody just pray with you would you just come